It's over. It's all over. The drought. The damn wall is busted. It's 62 long years. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight. And we're going to fight hard. It's going to be a do or die effort. It's going to be a determined bit. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. The stadium holds its breath. It's a goal. Welcome to the very first episode of The Kennel Cough. It's a show all about Western Bulldogs news, reviews, previews, and all kinds of things. My name is Caleb Scanlon, and I am joined in the studio with Neith Felton. Neith, thanks so much for coming in. Oh, thanks for having me. And I'm so a, excited. What a week of Western Bulldogs it is. It's on the eve of the uh, round one for the men's, but probably in bigger news is the girls are into their very first grand final. Yeah, very exciting. Uh, we've got plenty of content to talk about, but I thought it'd be good to start off with uh, maybe just talking a little bit about us as fans uh, and where we've come from so that, because I don't know about you, I don't even Our know that much. authority on <laughs> with the Western Bulldogs. Yeah. So tell me, uh, how did you become a Western Bulldogs fan from the very start? Um, in utero. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mum wanted to get me and my sister um, baptized. Yeah. So, you know, got pregnant, was like, can we get the kids baptized? And dad said, only if they barrack for the Bulldogs. That was <laughs> the trade off because mum barracks for Carlton. Okay. Um, and yeah, that was a trade off. And what do I get up early on the weekend for now? Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you go straight from church to the Western Bulldogs game yeah, on no, Sunday? Yeah, no, Well, uh, the Western Bulldogs is my religion. <laughs> Lovely. I think it's turned out. But yeah, so. Dad, when he and his family immigrated from England, they ended mm-hmm. up in the Mar- Maribyrnong Migrant Hostel okay. and then eventually moved out to Hopper's Crossing. And their neighbours in Hopper's Crossing uh, were Bulldogs members. Yep. And so they took him down to the game so they could go to the members' lunch at Wintnoval and he would have to babysit the kids. Mm-hmm. Both those kids ended up in prison. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if that's, if that's indicative <laughs> of Dad's babysitting skills, but, yeah, so he got to go along to all the games for free oh, and awesome. got feral, and now me and my sister are too. Fantastic. How about you? Uh, granddad was uh, lived in the western suburbs in Footscray, crazy Western Bulldogs fan, uh, and it's just been passed on uh, to my mum, and then we didn't really have a choice, but for some reason I'm a... I'm one of four boys, and the uh, my older brother Nathan has, for some reason, turned to the cats. So uh, that's somehow, yeah, th- three out of four, and it stayed with the dogs. I think it was through like that 2014 period yeah, where true. we were going through tough. So Nathan just jumped, jumped ship. on. Yeah, jumped that's ship. That's rude. No, so when my, ki- when my we sister... We don't invite him to any family uh, functions or anything like that anymore. Yeah, no, I was going to say, just completely ostracize him. But um, yeah, when my sister was really little, she went to Geelong for a week because mm. she said she liked cats better than dogs. But oh my gosh. me and dad were like, okay, <laughs> fine. But she, she didn't get a lot of support for that. So <laughs> Too good. went back. Uh, so about the show, this is it is a weekly show and we're going to be pumping it out every probably get it out by every Wednesday. Uh, it's going to consist of a bit of a review from the previous week and then previewing the next week. A uh, few, uh, maybe like trend, uh, weekly sub uh, segments that we'll be doing. We're going to be keeping a close eye on all the players' social medias. Uh, we're going to be 
tackling all the discussions that surround the dogs. And because the dogs always seem to be left out of the headlines a little bit, we're going to be collating all of the headlines and bringing all them to you. All three of them. <laughs> no, Scouring the internet for them. Yes. But um, let's jump straight into the headlines then. Uh, I'll go with the first one. And that was the sad news last week. Marcus Adams sidelined for 10 to 12 weeks with an ankle injury, which he injured in a practice match, I think, which is terrible news for our back line. And I'm seems shattered. like he can't I get a break. I feel so bad for him. And his he's like upper body can't actually get any bigger, I oh think. Oh, my gosh. Like, what's he supposed to do the if he specimen. keeps injuring his legs? I know. Oh. It's insane. He looks like He-Man or something. But, yeah, it's really disappointing because he's going to be such a good player and he seems like a really good person. Mm. But he just can't catch a break. Yep. With injuries. Well, so he's been on the dogs list for two years now and came, like, started 2015 like a house on fire. He was, uh, like, probably the best pickup for the whole year and then got injured on that tail of the yeah. season. Last year was marred by injury again. Uh, and hopefully, well, I mean, 10 to 12 weeks, he'll come back mid season, maybe before or after the bye. Yeah. Fingers crossed he'll come back for finals and. He'll bolster our defence, which is kind of looking a little bit slim at the moment. Yeah, it's looking extremely slim, which is a shame. With um, Morris out and now Adams out as well, yeah. which is really tough. But and he would be such a good story as well for like mature age recruits Correct, and yeah. things going right, and you know a bit of an inspiration for people who might not have been drafted mm. um, in their draft year. But hopefully, he can get like. Better. I just it was his ankle last time or was it I his foot? I can't even remember. I think it was Something I feel like he's had history with ankle. Yeah. Maybe he's just been spending too much time on his upper body. Yeah, I know, right? If he can get his like ankle muscles as swollen as his arms, <laughs> he's never gonna have to worry again. Like he won't even 100%. notice. Uh the next news article was uh we're recording this on Tuesday around midday, so uh Katie Brennan has announced that she is gonna challenge the uh Michael Christensen's decision to ban her for one game. Uh, we'll find out tonight whether that uh, is successful, I think. Or it yep. might be tomorrow. I can't remember. <laughs> but um, this, We're informed. We're ready to go. This yeah, is yeah, a very yeah. prepared podcast. Very prepared. Uh, but yeah, Katie Brennan, fate, the, the headline was, Katie Brennan faces a nervous wait to see if the AFL match review officer, Michael Christensen, uh, imposes her for one match, which, as we have now found out, it is one match. Yeah, so it will be one match because she's had reprimands before. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like that accumulative thing, which is a bit of a shame. My argument is that because the AFL women's season is shorter, that the uh, punishments are still out of proportion to the men. So in the men's, understandable if you got one match for um, two incidents. But I, even if this was the regular season, one match ban for... Uh, two reprimands, I think, is still Especially a huge chunk of the season Especially given that it's that the grand final. Yeah. And I know that it's like, oh, you know, well, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. But, and I know it was a different tribunal system, but it didn't mm. happen to Trent Cotchen. Yeah. I'm not saying that I have a victim complex, but it really feels like it. And I'm not, ha- I'm really not happy about it. I think her, the arms weren't pinned. Mm-hmm. If you look at the footage here, her arms weren't pinned. It was a, like a bad tackle because yeah. she was driven into the ground, but... It's not worth missing out on grand final. And they were saying on the couch last night, Jonathan Brown was like, this is potentially the biggest moment of her career. Yeah. Like her whole life has pretty much led up to this moment. Mm-hmm. And to be suspended for it is is really um, like an over-the-top reaction. I agree. And I, I think. Um, I can understand why why Michael Christensen is doing it because he wants to, like that was the Trent Cotson decision. Yeah. He wasn't 
that was a different system back then, but I don't think you can uh, analyse these kind of ones objectively. It is the grand oh, final, God, and no. she's she was a pioneer of the AFL women's game. Um, she's led up this been her baby for so long it would be heartbreaking for her to not play in it um so fingers crossed tomorrow uh tonight sorry they find out uh good news for katie brennan she can play this weekend fingers crossed yes <laughs> our third article that i found was one in the herald sun it was just a bit of a write-up about jackson trengove uh the doggies recruit who's uh come across from port adelaide feeling right at home with the western bulldogs felt like a bit of one of those articles that they write months in advance and just yeah. save it for a rainy day yeah, because there true. was no relevance. Slow news day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, but, it's good. It's nice to have a nice article about the culture at the Bulldogs, yeah. I think, because there's like this constant, like, these people are having a feud and well, these other it. people are having a feud and everyone, like... Oh, in I the article, know. he is uh, he's so praising of Bevo. He talks about the Bulldogs culture, which everyone seemed to be talking about in 2016, and then... One year later, it was like it was a toxic culture with all the players there. So um, it was a nice reminder to that the dogs is a destination that people want to go to. Yeah, exactly. And why wouldn't you? So I don't know. That's just that makes me feel nice, warm and fuzzy. Exactly. Yeah, it's good. I think he was originally. It said he's originally from Strathmore, which is northwest suburbs, and yeah, feeling right at home with his wife and twins. Yeah, I think he's got three kids. I yep. saw a picture, actually. He put it on um, Instagram. It was of one of his, I think the eldest, mm. like one of the not twins. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and she was wearing like her Bulldogs jumper and it was like, oh, when can I play for Bulldogs AFLW? Oh, yes. I was like, oh. Watch your hat. <laughs> yeah, AFL I know. Wins. I'd be so good. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, this was one that you picked out. Uh, mm. It was the idea that the potential of Luke Dullhouse was trade bait in October. What was that about? Yeah, so Tom Morris, um, I was watching on the couch last night because I love um, hearing other people's opinions and disagreeing with them. <laughs> yeah. But um, he came on and was like, oh, I've got this like breaking news about the Bulldogs. Um, it's saying that Luke Dullhouse is a wanted man because he's a free agent by mm-hmm. the end of the year, along with Clay Smith, who yeah. we all know is always on a rolling one year. Him and yeah. Jack Redpath get offered one-year extensions because of like the history with injuries. Um which makes sense to me. So Clay Smith's going to be a free agent. I think Jack, maybe Jack Redpath. I can't remember if he's on a shooting. It'd be interesting if he's in the leadership team and out of contract by the end of the year. But yeah, but I think it's that rolling thing yeah. that they've kind of organised with them. Um, Tom Liberatore, going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Yep. Luke Dalhouse is going to be a free agent. And because of the new um, salary cap payment deal thing, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, he's going to be offered so much money, blah, blah, blah. But it's like... Everyone can offer him yeah. more money because ev- like the sal- new salary cap applies to everybody. That's it. Yeah. So I don't really, I'm not. While other clubs will offer him more money, the dogs can offer him more money as well. It's yeah, exactly. Like- that's that's the thing. And I know that we obviously like Tom Boyd's uh, this massive contract, M- Mark Swanepoel's massive contract. Like we're going to use a lot of salary cap mm. room there, but I don't really see. I feel like football players get paid a lot, and if he's happy at the Bulldogs. It's like, I mean, we had people like Dustin Barton and Josh Kelly both refuting like North's offer yeah. for more money because they enjoyed where they were. I mean, maybe Josh Kelly, like with his two-year contract, you know, yeah. just trying to get a flag and then get boot off. Money. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just don't see Dalhouse really leaving. I, but How do you interpret his 2017 season? It's interesting. I thought it was good. 
everyone sort of reports it on, like it's almost reported on fact that he had a down year, but I didn't think he was down at all. I, I thought he was one of our best players. I think he's one of our best players. He always Agreed. has a crack and he might not be racking up as many disposals, but if you, especially when watching on TV, you can always see him in the frame. Like he's always yeah, around. Yeah. Um, he's always applying a lot of pressure, which I like. We've named our whole like junior membership program after yeah, him. Exactly. Like I've got a dollhouse clubhouse <laughs> oh. bag at home and a really? hat. And yeah, I think it was my like little sisters. Like I think I just Amazing. missed the Dullhouse Clubhouse thing, which is, you know, <laughs> one of my biggest regrets in life, but I've still got a bag with his face on it. And I just mm, I just feel like us using him as trade bait was really odd, mm. apparently with Essendon, <sighs> but I don't understand, like, who are we trying to get from Essendon in exchange for Luke Dallas? And they're like, oh, you know, he finished outside the top 10 in the best and fairest for the first time since 2011. Mm. The first time since 2011. Exactly. Like, that's a lot of years to be inside the top 10. That's it. It's almost like undoing the fact that he has been in the top 10 for five years. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. You read it the opposite way. You're like, oh, he's been in the top 10 for five years. Like, what a consistent player. He had a down year, but so did a lot of them. Yeah. And in a year that we were very injured last year, he 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 played all 22 games. Oh, oh, no, it was the year before he got that injury, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, I... I would be devastated if uh, the dogs couldn't find room for him. Yeah, especially he works so well. Like, he's not as much of a forward now, Mm -hmm. but um, he works well, like, swapping, like, with that, like, versatility thing that Bevo's got going because he, like, hates positions. I don't know. He's, like, completely restructuring how football works. But, (laughs) like, he is very, like, he can play forward. He can play in the midfield. He can play on, like, you know, outside or inside, like, Mm -hmm. predominantly inside. But... I, I don't know. I was I was not happy about it. I didn't and like where was the where was the proof? Like why didn't we hear about this in October? Like who right. at the Bulldogs has just been like, Oi, Tom Morris, like guess yeah. what happened months ago on the eve of the new season, guess what happened in October? That yeah. didn't eventuate and nobody knew about it. Yeah, it's interesting. It seems like everyone likes to play into the narrative that the dogs are running out of money because we've played overs for Boyd. Yeah. That's, that's the running like, narrative that they're trying to build up here. Yeah, but I, yeah. We rattled tins before. We can rattle yes. tins again. Like, I don't really understand <sighs> the whole, like, buy-in to the Bulldogs, like, feuding, like, with that stuff with, like, Peter Gordon and yeah. nobody before. I mean, they're, they're both, like, professionals on the board. Like, mm-hmm. even if they didn't, like, get on, they have, obviously, like, they're, you know, the common denominator here is that they love the Bulldogs. Exactly. They both put a lot of time and money yep. and effort into it. I feel like they could probably work it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we had all this stuff last year with being like, oh, all the players are feuding and like no one likes each other uh-huh. and stuff like that, which I think is like really obnoxious. I, I don't know. I tried not to read into it, but I know if it's because I'm biased, I'm a Bulldogs fan and I'm like, nah, everything's great at the dogs. But yeah, I often think things would be blown up out of proportion. There'd be something that a journalist would be like, oh, obviously, okay, there's like people that are on the list that are 18. There's people on the list that are 35. Yeah. Not everyone's going to get along. Yeah, no, so, yeah you don't have to be best mates. you're not expected mates. to. So, uh, but I have faith that, of all people, Luke Beveridge would be able to gel the group together and everyone, yeah, for sure. everyone love everyone. Exactly. Feel the love. But yeah, so in the article, it was like, um, uh, foxfooty.com.au understands Dullhouse was floated as trade bait at the same time as Jake Stringer was shipped out of Witten Oval, but no appropriate deals were forthcoming. Hmm. What is that? Where they were just like, oh, Dahlhaus, what do you got? And everyone was like, no one as good because he's a very good player and exactly. why would you we train him? We can't afford him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, it's believed the 25-year-old's training habits had frustrating coaching stuff, although this preseason has arguably been his best. Says who? Like, yeah. where's the... Like, if you are going to write this in an essay and you didn't, like, you didn't source this, you get yes. in so much trouble. 
Um, Liberatore's surname is implicitly linked with the Western Bulldogs, but Dullhouse's isn't. I would argue that a player that we've had for like six mm. years or whatever would probably be linked with us. I'm well, just going to tell you it's in the membership. It's, it makes me so upset. It's in the membership yeah. club. Uh, Dullhouse Clubhouse, Tom Morris, like, get around it. Come on. I don't Obviously, understand. he hasn't got a membership with the Dullhouse Clubhouse. Exactly. It's like Dullhouse statistically had a better 2017 than the Premiership season. He didn't finish top 10 of the club's best and fairest, but you would argue that, like, from an outside perspective, JJ didn't have a very influential season, yeah. but he finished one vote behind exactly. Max Montepelli because he was doing the things that the coaches asked of him. Yeah. Maybe Dalhouse wasn't doing as many things, but they're not going to necessarily trade him because, yeah. I don't know, it just doesn't really make any sense. But And then they go on to say he was involved in 28% of all scores. I mean, we didn't have a lot of scores. But, um, <laughs> ranked number one at the club, but his pressure dropped 46 points to 37, according to champion data. I mean, if you don't know what pressure points are, then like... No idea. I mean, it's like they're throwing Brandon stats Favola, that please understand. explain. But it's just like... Um, his name is at the top of several whiteboards um, regarding the end of the end of season free agency period, which makes sense because I imagine a lot of list managers would have a list of the free agency mm. and they would be like, who's a better player? And because Correct. he's a good player, he would be at the top. Right, like right. that's look, that's just my that's my take on this, and I just think it was, it was just a bit like oh ah uh, the bulldogs shooting again, and we don't yeah. have any money, and it was like wow I've heard this one yeah a thousand times yet again showing my victim complex, but not my favorite thing Tom no. Morris enemy number one at the moment <laughs> I'm coming for you we're gonna have a long list by the end of uh, this season of just enemies we'll keep going so through enemy number two will be Matthew Lloyd he always seems to have it in for the dogs oh yeah you reckon do you reckon it's because Matthew Boyd stole his thunder sort of thing like better yeah one letter change yeah exactly uh, the last two headlines first one was Liam Picken is out indefinitely with concussion which is a fascinating one if uh, considering the Katie Brennan one uh, it's almost like two doggies-related ones on both sides of the argument. So Liam Picken has been rested for three weeks because he, I think he was a marking contest with Lockie Hunter, went down in the JLT against Collingwood. Yep. Uh, oh, no, so against Hawthorne. Hawthorne, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. The first game. Um, and he'll be out for indefinitely. We don't know how long he'll be out for. Yeah, geez. Just resting him. Uh, and then the last article that we had, last headline we had, was a uh, new one today, this morning. Naomi Ferris is the fifth Western Bulldogs player to be nominated for the Rising Star Award, which is amazing considering yeah. we were minor premiers. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the youth, you know, got to play the, play the kids. Yeah. Um, Naomi Ferris was a rookie pickup, I think. Mm. I think it was her and... Was it her and Bonnie Toogood that were taken from the VFL? I know it's Bonnie Toogood was, yeah. Yeah, I think it was those two. So, both of them nominated. Both of them will be playing in the VFLW team, Footscray, during the winter, yeah. I assume, unless something goes drastically wrong here. <laughs> But, um, yeah, really exciting for her. She's kind of just, like, toiled away in the back line. Yeah. I thought at the start of the season her kicking was a bit – I remember it, was, oh, it could have been round one or round two. I was like, oh, yikes. Like, that was a bit of – like, she kicked a few howlers. But I haven't – like, since then she's just kind of – I mean, obviously getting better young player because she's eligible for the Rising Star. So – Really good for her. And it bodes well, obviously, for the future and Amazing. for the VFLW season as well. Yeah. So the other four players that got nominated was uh, Libby Birch and Bonnie Toogood, as we mentioned, in round two. And then Monique Conti and Aisling Utri in round four. So amazing. It's it, Doggy seems to have, un, like, unarguably the best list at the moment in yes. terms of balanced. Uh, they have stars and they have young players. And hopefully we'll get to see all of them play on the weekend against Brisbane and absolutely flog them. Yeah. Just just dominate. 
Uh, moving on to our social media watch. Uh, three entries this week was <laughs> all the boys were hanging out at Eastern Woods House on Saturday. I reckon it was almost like a last weekend before round one. Let's have a few froffies at Woody's house. And they're <laughs> Responsibly. All, yeah, of course. <laughs> they were all like on the... Having a bit of a spin on the DJ decks, which is awesome. Which is so cute. Yeah. Uh, Shane Biggs was there. Dullhouse was there. A couple of the young boys. Lewis we- uh, Young. Webby was there. Um, Were you there? Were you just outside the I window? I felt like, like I was there. <laughs> with a little pair of binoculars, like, taking notes. You're, like, having so much fun together. So, you know? yeah. Like, I was just Getting creative. I like that they DJ. Like, that's really, you know, you've got to have a creative out there. 100%, yeah. And that's, it seems not, healthy to yeah. me. I'm happy um, for them. The other one I picked up was Eastern Woods Dog. He's wearing like a hoodie and written on the back of the hoodie says, don't play fetch with me, please. Mum will find out. So, uh, <laughs> Did it, was sure. there an explanation why his dog isn't allowed <laughs> to play fetch? Is he just like... I have no idea. I don't know why you'd want to starve a dog of playing fetch. Poor but, dog. Uh, obviously, maybe it just... No like, pre-season injuries. Back. You just have to exactly. keep the dog healthy. <laughs> I don't want to see any ankle injuries to Eastern Woods Dog. Uh, and the last one on our social media watch was uh, one of her favourites is Emma Carney. Yep. Carving it up in the AFL women's on and off the field with one. Uh, so it was a photo of her getting tackled high by a GWS player. I can't work out who it is, but she's checked into free kick skills, always yep. one word. <laughs> and the caption is Joel Selwood is my idol. I have noticed, so Carney does. Yeah, drop the shoulder a bit. Drop drop a little into it, which um, if it was anyone else, I'm like, that's, you know, dirty tricks. That's against the spirit of the game. But if it's like Emma Carney or Toby McLean, I'm like, yes. oh, I was gonna those say, cheeky Toby devils. That's so funny. Like, well, it's funny because Monique Conti seemed to do it in that last quarter. She, I think when she kicked the goal that put us within a couple of points, she was just like shepherding the ball. Then she picked up it. And then as soon as the Melbourne player grabbed her, she just dropped her shoulder, got the high tackle. I mean, and she is quite small. Yeah. Totally. Uh, let's it to get, her. I'll give her that one. She is pretty small, but yeah, Emma Carney's pretty funny. I like how she's like posted it as well. So it's like you yeah. can't like rib her about it because <laughs> like she's because I mean she's, she's like known for sludging, like yeah. coming from a cricket background. Um, she's really good at sludging, so no one can go back at her and be like, "Oh, you milk for free kicks." She's like, "Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you want to see my Instagram post? I checked in. Like, what yes. are you going to do about it? Yeah. So I like how she has both. Like, she's made it a joke, but she's also you know protecting her neck here, which is good. Literally so protecting her. <laughs> or exposing her neck, rather. Uh, let's review the game from the weekend. Dogs beat Demons by two points. It was a thrilling game. Uh, you are at the game yes. live. How was oh. it? How was the atmosphere there? It was good. It was pretty intense. Mm. People, like... I remember going to the first AFLW game last year at um, Whitnoval against Fremantle. Fremantle, yeah. And it was very, like... Quiet, like nobody was like yelling so much. It was more like, "Yeah, isn't this beautiful?" And I like, I got a few like stares for being like pressure, and, like yeah. yelling and all. Because I was like, "Oh, it's football!" Like I feel passionate about this, and people were, like looking at me like, "How do you criticize these women? They're trailblazers." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah they are." Yeah, like yeah. I love them with my whole heart, but like I want to see a shepherd there. Yeah. Um, but then uh, on Saturday night, it was like intense mm. and the umpires were getting it as well it's good That's which is like it felt like Witten Oval should yeah. be sort of thing like we're getting like yelled at I tried I kept it under wraps because there was three um little boys all dressed in Melbourne like gear next to me and I was and one of them was getting really into it and I was like oh, I can't I just remember like growing up and going to all the games and getting yeah. flogged or like a tight game where you lose in like heartbreaking circumstances and there was some like horrible opposition supporter like ruining my little nine-year-old weekend <laughs> and so I was like really careful not to yell too much but there was a few bits and like I was sitting 
Pardon me, with one of my um, friends from my footy team and she, oh, she yelled something and then the kid next to me like yelled back at her and I was like, oh, oh my God. Gosh. Like, it, was get, it was getting real intense. But it was good. It was a good atmosphere. Everyone was so excited at the end. Yeah. It was like, but it was very windy mm. as well. Another reason felt like Witten Oval. It was like, it was windy for Witten Oval. It yeah. was horrible. Like it was whipping up all like, you know, like the sandy stuff they put on yep. the grass. Yeah. And like getting in my eyes and like, it was, it was intense. Like oh it gosh. felt like, like if we were going to lose, it was going to feel like apocalyptic, but. Yep. Obviously, we didn't. So, um, good news. In the in the post game interview, uh, Sam Lane was trying to interview um, Lachlan after because she kicked the winning goal, and they had just had to abandon the interview because it was so windy. Yeah, and, like, it was they were nuts. pretty much getting blown off the ground. <laughs> Especially, I mean, Lachlan's quite small. Yes, so exactly. Off she goes. Uh, our three like three votes for the game. We went Emma Carney for the three. Uh, she had twenty disposals, a goal, and eight clearances. She's had an outstanding season. Yeah. Uh, Probably, hopefully, going to win the AFL MVP. Yeah, she won the um, Girls Play Footy MVP. Oh, did so, she? Yeah, so Girls Play Footy organiser, like I said, I mm-hmm. think it's a 3-2-1 voting system as well, and she came top for that. So, hopefully, yeah. when... I don't think the actual awards night has been announced. No. For uh, the women's night, which is I can't is remember really last fun. year whether they had it beforehand or after the grand final. I feel like it was after the grand final. I think it was after the grand final. Mm. Because, oh, no, yes, because I remember Emily Marinoff from Adelaide got a really, like, strong fake tan and she didn't have that <laughs> for the grand final. So, um, yeah, I th- but I don't, I don't think they have actually announced when it is, no. which is interesting. So whenever it is, hopefully Emma Carney wins. I feel like she has, the, like, the most consistent season. Yeah. I think uh, she is the best player in the league. Agreed. I mean, it helps that Erin Phillips was injured. Correct. And Daisy Pierce got, like, badly tagged. Is there anyone else that you time. think? Could push her, maybe like a Dana Hooker from Freo. Is the yeah, other true. I could think or of. um, maybe. Oh, did Randall play the whole season from Adelaide? I think so. I, I'm not sure about the later games in the season, but yeah. I know that she started the season really, really consistently. Yeah, but I think. Felt, so. I mean, hopefully, Emma Cunning. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, two votes, Lauren Spark. She played on Tegan Cunningham, and Cunningham had come off three goals the week before. Yep. For Melbourne, uh, Tim Cunningham had zero touches, so not even a single possession. So I think that's a pretty good indicator of the job that Sparky did on Tim Cunningham. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and the last vote, not the biggest stat sheet, but Monique Conti in that last quarter was uh, incredibly clutch. She kicked the, the goal, as we mentioned before, uh, drew the free kick, went back, slotted the goal. It was a shaky goal. It nearly blew yeah, like, straight know, right? into the point post. And I think she even, her initial reaction was like a gasp and like, oh my God, I've missed it. Yeah. But then I got, thought she had. I yeah. was kind of sitting um, kind of to the side of the goals on the side that it almost went through. And I thought, I mean, I've got like pretty bad eyesight, but like yeah. I thought it had missed and I was like, oh no, like, oh. But um, my friend that I was sitting with, she watches the goal umpire instead of the yep. ball and she was like celebrating before everybody else oh, did, okay. so it was all good. Yeah, I just think she, um, it's such a cliche, but I think her back, her basketball background mm. looks like she has <laughs> lots of time and space. She's yeah. so composed uh, and always just, it looks like she's about to, she's taken that second too long takes that extra second and hits them up every Yeah, time. exactly. Yeah, she looks like really in control for somebody so young. And I suppose playing, it bodes well for her that she's played the WNBL finals. Yeah. So she knows like pressure situations. Mm. So keeping calm, probably not going to be. Yeah. It's not like she um, has a basketball background. She is a basketball. Yeah, like well, that, yeah, true. She's a professional I mean, she's a basketball. She's a dual athlete, I believe. Cool. They call it. <laughs> uh, I have a few discussion topics written down here. 
the first one being the grand final is going to be played at Icon Park and not Witten Oval. How does yep. this bode with you? Do you would you prefer to see it in the West at the Dust Bowl or uh-huh. Icon um, well, Park? I, okay with you. I think I would have preferred Witten Oval just for like sentimental thing, but yep. the like the obvious reason for picking um, Princess Park is that it's holds twice as many people. Yeah. So twice as many fans can go. Exactly. Um, which makes sense to me. I mean, we used to have, when it was Optus Oval, they used to be our home ground too for yeah, I a season or a couple back yep. in the day. Early so, 2000s would have been. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, we played our last home game at Witten Oval in 90, I want to say 96 or 97. Mm. Yeah, I've I mean, look, we're we're young. We weren't alive at the time, <laughs> well, so if you're a so. rusted on Bulldog supporter, please help us. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so it makes like you know, it's not the end of the world. No. Um, and it's not like it's their home ground either, and it's no. not like we have to travel. It's not like last year with Brisbane having to travel down to Gold yeah. Coast, which is still like an hour, like it's up the road. Yeah. It's not um the end of the world, which makes sense. Is that I mean, it's annoying, but Whitten Oval doesn't hold as, as many people. And the idea of what, an extra 5,000 fans being locked out of the ground if it was to be played at Winton Oval. Yeah, it's not really would, fair. Would suck. Um, yeah, and it's not at night time, so Icon yeah, Park doesn't look bad. <laughs> Which to This is an aside, but Winton Oval seemed to do a good job of actually having lights at the game. Like, it yeah. can't be that big of a problem for No, it Icon literally Park. can't. Like, just, if it's not, like, just copy it. If it works, yeah, just exactly. do it. Uh, with Adams and Morris out this weekend and in and up until the bye... Who will the dogs turn to as key backs? Do you think Lewis Young will be able to step up and play that key back? Uh, Aaron Norton's another yeah, one. Yeah, Aaron Norton looks up. good. Mm, intercept um, defender. I think definitely Easton Wood has to go back to the back line then. Oh, interesting. Like, okay. Because I know we've like tried him as a forward and he's going to be a swingman or whatever because Bevo hates position. Yeah. Um, but he has to go back. Like, there's no. He was all Australian in 2015. Yeah, he's a very good defender. Exactly. Like, it's cool that he can play forward, but I think with Adams and Morris out, like he has to play back because we don't have Boyd anymore. And yes. yeah, so and you've got like running half backs like Biggs and JJ yep. and people like that. Biggs is good. I think he's better one on one than he gets credit for, mm-hmm. but not against bigger players he's not like Morris who can play on a bigger opponent like Morris yeah, can yeah. play on Eddie Betts but he can also play on Lance Franklin whereas and we know he can play on Lance Franklin very well yes. um whereas Biggs I uh, I can't remember I think it was when we played Sydney last time but he would get caught out on Buddy mm-hmm. and like he'd yeah. just get caught out Even so in, um, JLT one he played on Ruffy for oh a while. yeah he got he got uh, towed up yeah Aaron Norton played better on Ruffy than yeah. Biggs did and it's just because of like not saying that, you know, I mean, Aaron Norton looks like a very, very, very good player. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that, like, Biggs is bad, but he's a different sort of defender. And I think he can play well on people who are better matchups, but he's not as versatile yeah. in that way. So, yeah, I think Lewis, I mean, Lewis Young did really well. He's yeah. a good marking forward. Ethan Wood's a good marking, sorry, defender. Yeah. Getting ahead of myself <laughs> here. He used to be a forward. Um, Lewis Young, Aaron Norton, Ethan Wood, all good marking defenders. Correct. So, hopefully. And then obviously there's um, Zane Cordy, who was oh, yeah, of course, a Zane premiership Cordy. defender, and I argue that oh, he... Oh, premiership centre-half forward, Zane Cordy. <laughs> Kicked that kidding? first goal. <laughs> but he is... Uh, I think he played one of the best key defenders. He stood up last year. I reckon yeah. he'll have an outstanding season this year. Yeah, hopefully. I don't think we're as bad off as some of the commentators are saying our defence will be. Yeah. I reckon Trengoval and Roughhead will alternate uh, into that defence a little bit more. Yep. And they'll probably provide that big body in the defence line. I 
don't know whether it's uh, an emer- as big of an emergency as yeah. some people have said. Well, it's it might funny be. because people, again, on the couch, I was mm. watching last night, got a few opinions. So, you know, Gary Lyon. Yeah. crossed over to Fox Footy now. Wow. He's like, oh, you know, they got this abundance of tolls. What are they going to do with all these tolls? they got too many tolls. And then it was like, what are they going to do in their back line? And they've got Matt Adams out. Like, it was kind of like, wow, it's almost as if we do play people in multiple positions exactly. so we can We've fill holes. For this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. It's not the back line that I wanted to see, yeah. but it it'll be a back line. That'll be, I'll be happy to see a functioning yep. back line. And another player that I've completely forgotten is Hayden Crozier. He oh, is a defender. He'll, um, there was this one play in the JLT. And oh, the massive spoil? Yeah, so he's running back with the flight, left his man, had a spoil, forced a, deba- forced a point. Um, so I think he'll slot into defence. I don't think we're short of defenders. The only problem will be the height of defenders because yeah. GWS have a relatively tall forward line. They've got uh, Patton... And the other tall guy that I'm forgetting. Jeremy Cameron. Jeremy Cameron. The one who um, looks like a Muppet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that'll be the only issue, I think. But hopefully it's, um, I don't know. I think we can just bring the ball to ground and then we'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's the thing. We're good at that like that kind of chaos ball. And we had a short back line mm. in 2016. And look how that turned out. Exactly. So, you look I'm trying not to get too stressed to pre-season because I feel like I'm going to have an aneurysm by the by. <laughs> so it's, it's like, just got to chill out. I, f- I reckon that's definitely a thing. If you follow too much AFLX and then you go straight into the JLT and you're following AFL women at the same time, you just can almost watch too much football. And then by the by, you're like, oh my God, there's so yeah. much going on right now. No one likes me during the football season. So the <laughs> AFL is trying to expand into the summer and it's really yeah. starting to alienate me from a lot of my friends. So Too good. Uh, the last thing I wanted to discuss was where does Shaki and Boyd sit with you? Do they play this weekend or do they play more in the VFL? I know that uh, John Ralph from the Herald Sun mm. saying that more likely than not they're going to be both be in the VFL this weekend. Do you think the progression is... Stunted or well, more Boyd, I suppose, than Shaki. Yeah. Do we think we need to have one of them, if not both of them, in the ones? I think Shaki played well. Um, I didn't get to see the Collingwood JLT match, but I watched the Hawthorne one, yeah. and he only played the second half. Yep. But I think he played really well, and he looked really like happy and comfortable out there, which is really good. Boyd hasn't played any preseason, I don't believe. I think he came back late into preseason because yeah. of his mental health um, Yeah, exactly. Problems. So I think he'll be playing in the VFL just for, from a fitness standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, if they feel comfortable to play Shaggy, then like, why not? Yeah. Um, but I don't think, like tools, I know they say like, oh, tools take so long to develop, but they do. Um, and Boyd's obviously had like a few setbacks, which yeah. like no one would have, like, it's not like he was like, ooh, like I'm going to... Like, this is going to happen to me. Like, it's nobody's yeah. plan for this. Nobody's expected this to happen. It just does, yep. which is the unfortunate fact. But, like, I don't know. You can't put pressure on... The more pressure you put, the worse it gets. So, I'm happy to just, like... And, again, like, we weren't very tall. We didn't have a forward line yeah. in 26. Like, I just... Well, I was, like, every time I watched a game, I was, like, how are we doing this? Like, Dunkley kicked goals. Yeah, exactly. um, well, that's the thing. We've got... goals. We'd had, as you said before, Zane Cordy at centre-half forward. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think there's any point putting pressure on them the only thing with Boyd is that yeah we spent a lot of money on him but like 
he was pretty good. I keep going back to 2016 because it's like my one oh. thing and I'm sick of like Will people... we ever not go back to 2016? No, we actually... Well, that's the thing. We don't actually have a lot to go back to. That's the problem. Like Hawthorne supporters can be like, well, yeah, and this year we did this. We did yeah, this. exactly. Uh. So it was like, you know, we can do this. But it, the only thing is we spent a lot of money on him. But like he proved his worth in the grand final. 100%. Like he can. And But like in that whole final series, like when he had to ruck... Um, against GWS the whole time. He did a really good job. And, like, the other thing about that is that he wasn't expected. It wasn't like, right, Roughhead's out, yep. you have to ruck. It was Roughhead has been injured, now you have to ruck. Yes. So I think he really came into his own. It's just unfortunate what happened to him last year. But yep. if he ta- he needs, like, you need time. And, like, it's one of those things that you can't, like, put, a like, a timeline on when your brain chemicals are going to, you know, rebalance. Correct. So. It's just stupid to put pressure on him. And I think that a lot of people in the media maybe need to, like, read Chill a book. Out a bit. Yeah, like, go onto, like, a website where they can, like, read some stuff about um, how things work. Yeah. But, yeah, like, if they play VFL, they play VFL. It's sort of... Yeah. I mean, I mean... It'd be Jack- cool to see them both, uh, even if they maybe form a bit of, like, a, a pinch-hitting sort of role. Like, in the twos, they both play in the forward line and they play two talls. They learn which areas each one of them yeah, run exactly. into. They become a bit of like a Twin Towers. Yeah, so. well, Shaki's really good at um, uh, the like a lead-up forward sort of role. That's yep. why he did so well in the TSA Cup because they've got a rule with zoning or something. Yeah, and so, so there's that's always going to be one player in each forward yeah. 50. Yeah, thanks, yes. I knew, was a, I, could, <laughs> I knew there was a rule. I couldn't yeah. remember what it was. But, um, yeah, and so he did really well like leading up and then once he like transitioned to the like AFL, it was a bit more difficult for him because... He wasn't getting like those kind of concessions, yep. but and we all know Tom Boyd's a really good mark when he's like playing his best game, so he can be that like pack mark, uh, whereas Josh Shackey can be the one leading into space. Yeah. So I think it can definitely work. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, they're like, oh, they've got too many tools, and then they like bang on about GWS being like, oh, what a tall forward line. It's exactly, kind of like, it's it's just what way you look at it. At yeah, exactly. You can look at it exactly. You can look at it in a negative light, or you can look at it in a positive light. And given that the round, like the season hasn't started, yeah, like I was saying before, I'm trying to prolong any like health issues I'm going to have by being really positive. Yes, I love it. Uh, let's get into previewing the game this weekend on Sunday. So Sunday, 1 o'clock in... G- is it in Canberra? in Canberra? Canberra. So we're playing GWS, our long-time rivals. Uh, what are some <laughs> players that you've got your eye on or you're keen to see? Um, definitely Norton. Yep. Um, and Libba, because I've got them in my fantasy team as well. Uh, yeah, I think I've so, got both of them as well. Yeah, so... Um, Look, who knows how my fantasy team is going to go. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I've got – I think Norton looked – he played AFLX. I thought he looked good. He played JLT. I thought he looked good. Like, he did a really good job on Ruffy. Yeah. Um, obviously, not our Ruffy, the other one. But, um, <laughs> He's yeah. the intercept king. Yeah, he looks real – like, and he looks comfortable. And, for like, he is a bit skinny, but he doesn't have that kind of, like, like drafty skinniness, like, kind of, like, Tim English about yeah. him. So, that's exciting. I agree. Um, um, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say – player that I'm really looking forward to seeing is Jack Trengrove, uh, Jackson Trengrove, pardon me, and also Easton Wood. I want to see where Easton Wood plays. Uh, I don't know whether I want him to succeed as a forward or not, because if he succeeds as a forward, then he'll probably stay in the forward line. Yeah, and, that's um, true. And it's like, well, it'd almost be bittersweet if he didn't do that well in the forward line, because then he'd be forced to play in the back line where we know he's amazing. And That's true. No, I like him as a defender just because, like, I play defence, so I need, you know, a role model. Mm. If the Bevo keeps pinching them and swinging them forward, like, who am I going <laughs> to Who am I gonna watch highlight reels of before I play? Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, the, other, the only last other player that I'll mention is the new number nine wearing Jake Stringer's 
shirt is Hayden Crozier. <laughs> Very keen to see uh, how he slots into the side. This is all obviously permitting that they all get picked, but I yes, think it's pretty safe to assume that the yeah. captain Well, you see, um, you can pick the uh, 22 on the yeah. Bulldogs website. You can win a few prizes. And given all the injuries, it's getting easier and easier to <laughs> win a new laptop. 22 people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've only got 22 people on the list. So, you, you. so you know, <laughs> try and figure that one out. But, no, nah, it'll be good. I'm excited. Like, I am excited um, to watch the game. Yep. Going to settle in, watch it on telly at home. Yeah. My neighbours are going to hate me again, which is really fun. Too good. I realised um, I was watching the AFL women's game against Adelaide where we, yeah, like, we lost stuffed up and Katie Brennan got winners. injured and I like went off my head and then I heard my neighbours like talking because our houses are really close together and I was like, if I can hear them talking and like oh flushing the toilet, they could definitely hear me being like, football is the worst sport, like <laughs> I'm never watching this and like swearing and blinding and stuff. So... We better play well, otherwise I'm going to get a strongly worded letter, I yes. think, in my letterbox. But, I mean, we've lived there for a while. They know what it's like, long-suffering Bulldog supporters. Exactly. But, you know. know what to expect. <laughs> um, it's called, it was coined the Great Western last year as, like, this rivalry that everyone yeah. wanted to talk about. Fox Footy really got on board with that. They had, like, promos with, like, cowboy hats and stuff. Yeah. Massive, like, um, had all the visuals and all the pregame stuff was all about the history. Hasn't been as much talk (laughs) this year about the Great Western, but I still have this deep-seated hatred for GWS. Ooh, I would... If I ever catch Toby Green in the streets... (laughs) Yes. Like, he's... I will give a strongly worded letter yes. to him, strongly worded email to the entire club. So obviously, like Callan Ward, yeah, that left. was that was kind of the start of it. Yeah, he which I get. Like went he for was, greener pastures. Yeah, he was younger, like very young, and they were like, "We're going to give you all this money mm. and a secure future." He'd be like, "Yeah, sick." We were like, you know, down at the kennel. Yeah, was a bit shaky at the time. I don't, and I feel like he's a fair and good player. He hasn't been poisoned. Correct. Yet. I still I I support him. He's in my fantasy team. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. was in mine. La- I don't know if he's in mine um this year, but he was in mine last year. So I am a Cal- still Callan Ward. I have a soft spot for him. Yeah. Like he's from the western suburbs Spots as wood. well. Amazing. Yeah. When's he gonna When's he gonna come home? But maybe he'll be like the Gary Ablett and just come back. Yeah, to win true. A flag. After he um gets all the money, then he comes <laughs> home. I'd support that. And then after that, obviously, we lost. Uh, it would have been Rodney Ede at the time. And then we were looking for a coach. GWS were obviously looking for a coach. And Leon Cameron was our assistant coach, and he was the obvious pick to take yep. over the helm. And he chose GWS. Still, like, I wasn't too upset about it. I was a bit like, okay, you know what? Good on him. He's chasing yeah. better things. We've got this guy called Brendan McCarthy. What could go McCartney. wrong? Cartney. Cartney. <laughs> what could go wrong? Uh, yeah, and exactly. Then 2014 arrived, and everything went wrong. Yeah. Uh, Started Devin Smith kicked a goal in like the last game of the season in the last minute that um, we lost against GWS and GWS was still not that great in 2014. No, God no. But I mean, I kind of get Leo and Cameron leaving because it's like the pressure of coaching your old side, yeah, and stuff. Even though he went to Richmond at some point, didn't he? I think so. I think you're right. But like, I feel like he's more associated with the Bulldogs than he is. Correct. It's kind of like obviously GWS now, but then Bulldogs and then kind of like, kind of like Dougie Hawkins kind of fits for him. Like it's not, we don't talk about it. Um, and so like, I kind of get that, like wanting to kind of alleviate a bit of pressure. It's like a new club. There's yeah. no sort of um, like, n- there's nothing attached. Like it's a clean slate. So you can yep. go up there and everything, but still a bit painful. 
very painful. A little bit painful still. I think there was always, um, and there was that, oh, there was that game, it was like Gia's last game or something, and we lost to GWS. That was it. That was the one, Devin Smith. Oh, yeah, it was the yeah, same game. Yeah. the goal. I had um, an international visitor, and we were like, yeah, come come to the footy. It's going to be sick. Like, we barrack for this yeah. team, and we love them, and we're playing this team that isn't that good. And it was the worst game of football, yeah. and we were so bummed out. And I remember looking at Marie, and she looked back at me, with this like thick Belgian accent <laughs> and she was like what's happening and I was just like tears in my eyes like Gia's retiring she like didn't she just couldn't comprehend like and it was like it was in Eddie Howe the stadium was dead because it was GWS Bulldogs and yeah. neither of the teams were very good like I mean the last GWS Bulldogs game at Eddie Howe was packed Huge, because it yeah. was such a fixture but at the time it was just the worst game of football yeah. to bring anybody to we were so sad the actual quality of football was terrible like yeah. it was not good kicked a bag and then nothing didn't else happened. Didn't he choke or something at one yeah, point? Yeah, he could have kicked a, kicked yeah. a goal at the end and he yeah, didn't. Well. But, and then, <laughs> so then everything happens. Ryan Griffin departs the club, yep, wants to go to GWS, who was just, just happened to be our captain at the time. Yep. So he leaves and then GWS, in their press conference, called the GWS a lost dog's home. They pretty much embraced the idea that they were just filled with uh, ex-Western Bulldogs players. They had Sam Reid as well, who had left oh, the true. club. Oh, true. Yeah. I think we, he's still um, on their list. Yeah, he is, I mm. think, actually. Or he, because, yeah, he, we delisted him. Yeah. And then they picked him up in the kneeful. Yeah. And then rookied him. And yep. I think he's still on some, he has some sort of role there, at least. Correct. Too. Yeah. And then uh, Tom Boyd came as a part of that trade. Then arrives the 2016 prelim, which was one of the, like, closest games of footy. Oh, I went happened. to that game. I spent all my you money. Went all the way to. Yep. I paid $500 to fly up to Sydney, Australia's toilet. Worth and, it? oh, <laughs> Worth every cent. <laughs> I thought I was going to throw up for most oh of God. that game. Like, I had this feeling in my stomach that I was going to yep. barf, like, the entire time. It was probably the longest. Ran out of beer at halftime. <laughs> You're kidding. The old man next to me looked like I was going to have a heart attack. He cried. Everyone was <laughs> crying and hugging at the end. Like, it's like nothing I had ever experienced. Yep. It was the best. And I brought um, one of my mates who lives in Sydney. I was, like, used because I didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. I stayed at her place. Um, and she came with me and she was like, what the hell is going on? And I was like... Everyone's just like crying, hugging <laughs> and everything. And the n- noise from the yeah. Bulldogs, like booing GWS when they came out. Um, when Callan Ward got knocked out, somebody in the crowd was like, you're next, Griffin. And like, <laughs> it was like somebody was going to run onto the field and just like beat someone up. Yeah. Like uh, when Heath Shaw and Tom Liberatore had that like going at it. fight. Yes. That was so funny. Like just like. He's the angriest man. He's oh, short. He is, He's so scary. Yeah, he is actually. It's funny. He's from um, Diamond Creek. Which oh, right. Your end? Yeah, my um, my neck of the woods <laughs> now, living in horrible, like, Richmond territory pretty much. But, um, yeah, no, I've seen that look at the uh, Diamond Creek train station before that he got <laughs> when he <laughs> looked at Tom Libertore. So, very interesting. But, yeah, that was, like, the most intense game I've ever witnessed in my entire yeah. life. But it was pretty um it was pretty good. But then also The cherry on top of was the the rivalry is Tom Toby McCl- uh Toby Green. Toby McLean. Toby Green kicking Dalhouse in the face. Well he's done a lot of other stuff. what was the other thing that he did? Oh, he punched he, uh, Caleb Daniel. Yeah, he punched Caleb Daniel, the most adorable player in the yeah. whole league, in the face. Is like oh I actually have to like put myself on a ban about mm. talking about Toby Green because I get a little bit um a little bit angry. A yeah. little bit, little bit of a sick feeling in my stomach when I think about him. But he is, um, he is an interesting character. I th- uh, one year when I was taking <laughs> my I'll... fantasy football incredibly seriously. Yep. I think it was last year. 
there's the prospect of having Toby Green. I don't he put looked, him in my team. Yeah, he was. He had like value. He was quite cheap. He was scoring lots of points, and I just couldn't. I will to myself to pick him in yeah, my team. Yeah, I read something the other day, being like, "Yeah, put him in your team." I was like, "No, <laughs> no way." I would like that's committing a horrible sin. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. Uh, blasphemy. Beating GWS is the best. Oh, like, it's, it's the best. so good. Oh, remember? But yeah, because I went to the game where Dalhouse got kicked in the face, and again, bang for blood. Like I was mm. not like I thought someone was going to run onto the field and just like attack him and it was going to be me like I thought Good. I was on level three but I would have gone down and just like give, but somebody poured a beer on him or something as yes, well, that's they? right yep. yeah which is pretty funny I think people <laughs> I thought it was funny that people were like oh he got a beer poured on him and I was like he's probably poured that many yeah. beers on that many people exactly um he's kicked Luke Dalhouse in the face he's punched Caleb Daniel in the face he beat up a bouncer one time that's right at got in Caulfield <laughs> the man's uh in, in look he's an interesting cat and um oh, wow. I wish Look, he should just go somewhere else. Agreed. Agreed. Like. Uh, what's your <laughs> prediction, dogs, by how many points this this Sunday? Oh, no, I don't tip the dogs. Don't tip them? No, unless I'm 100% sure I will not tip them. Really? I cannot jinx them. Oh, I'm very okay. like I'm not superstitious at all, yep. except like if I go to a game and I'm wearing a pair of undies and we win, I'll wear that pair of undies for <laughs> the next game I go to until we lose. <laughs> and then, I mean, I wash them, but like, uh. like I'm not that bad. But like, <laughs> I will, like, I'll wear the same ones. Um, yes. I won't tip them if I'm not sure because I don't want to jinx them. People, you're not allowed to say anything. Like one time we were watching the game and Dad's mm. like, if Bontepelli kicks this, we'll win. I was like, shut up. Yeah, shut, you take it. that back. I was like... Touch some wood somewhere. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I'm, I sit at home watching the game and I throw salt over my... Sh- I'm like, I've got like <laughs> um, incense burning. <laughs> yeah, I like um, it. Yeah, I don't, I don't tip the dogs unless I'm 100% Fair sure. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to say dogs by... My tipping is fake. I can't tip. Yeah, I'm going to say dogs by 10. Okay. Close game. Eastern Woods kick, kick the winner. No Shane Mumford to concuss Libba on a cricket uh, pitch in Canberra this time. So that's good. It's good to hear. You know, and I don't, well, that's the other thing. Katie Brennan suspended potentially for um, a tackle where the arms weren't pinned. Mm. Shane Mumford picks up little Liberatore, pins his arms, dunks him into a cricket pitch, concusses <laughs> him. He doesn't play well for the rest of the season. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, Tom Liberatore has come back. He's fat as a house, blah, blah, blah. He got concussed on a exactly. cricket pitch by Shane Mumford, who was the Probably bunyip. the biggest the biggest. He's guy. the bunyip. Like, yeah. I am dead certain. <laughs> like, I was very scared of the bunyip as a child, and I'm very scared of him now because Shane Mumford is a bunyip, and he ruined Libba's season. Fair enough. Just another reason I hate GWS. So. <laughs> Add it to the list. Yeah, literally. The long list of reasons why we don't like GWS. <laughs> Uh, the other game that's happening on the weekend is just the AFL Women's Grand Final. Oh, only casually. happening on Saturday. Uh, one o'clock at Icon. No, 12.30 now. They pushed it back so all the Brisbane supporters can get to the men's game. That's Why wouldn't you just put the game at Etihad so everyone can go and then the games are back-to-back? Yep. I don't know. Maybe that would make sense. But they've pushed yeah, they've pushed it back um, so people what can get the uh, 19 the tram down and then get on the city loop. That's my tip for getting to the game okay. for any Brisbane yep. supporters who want to listen to the podcast. But, Wait, so um, you city loop it and then you tram it up to Icon Park? Or do you walk from... No, no, you get the 19 tram from Icon Park oh, sorry, down to like, Melbourne Central, yeah, yeah, change yeah. at the uh, intersection. So you're going the other direction. I think you can get the um, like city loop tram or whatever yeah. it's called. I don't know if it, I know the trams are city loop. I don't know. But you can get <laughs> yeah, a tram. It is the city loop You get tram. two trams. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> players to watch from Brisbane. Who should we be concerned about, if any? Um, Sabrina. Frederick Trobe, yeah. She kicked four pegs on the weekend. Yeah, and she was so influential. And the other thing I noticed, people talk a lot about the dual athletes, yep. which is, you know, which is really impressive. Like, I mean, we've got many Conti yeah. and Ash Utri and stuff like that. But if you look at the girls who dedicated 
like their whole sporting life to football, especially like knowing that there was like virtually no future for it, um, they're a lot better. Maybe not like athletes or whatever, but they're a lot better players. Like she, she shepherded one of the things that allowed Wishner, I think it was, to kick a goal. Mm. And a lot of the time, shepherding is something that I find that is lacking in the women's, yeah. which is really odd because everything they do, like, I mean, one of the Fremantle players played with a collapsed lung after she Crazy. cracked into that. Taylor Harris. So they're so tough, but there's, it's funny that the ship, like, so I think that makes it more obvious that the shepherding's missing. But if you yeah. watch the girls who have played, like, contact sport coming through, because, I mean, obviously in bar, like a lot of them coming from basketball can't shepherd in basketball. And I learned that the hard way as a kid because I used to shepherd and I used to get pinged for it all the time. But... Um, she yeah laid a really good shepherd. So not only was she kicking goals, taking marks, but she was doing those like one percenters. So I think um, Lauren Spark played on her last time, who we mentioned did a really good job on Tegan Cunningham. Yeah, and I think she'll play on her again. Yeah, the other, only other player I can think of might be Birch as like that lockdown defender. But I think I think Spark's a bit bit more suited to yeah for the, the height. Size. Yeah, yeah I think time. Birch is good, but she'll get run off her feet just because with the height and like Sabrina, yeah. obviously is like a pretty big unit in terms of. Like the players, so she'll. I think she'll yes. like Libby Birch. It's like still has a bit of like a netball, like you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. And so she's. Yeah. I think she'll just get like bulldozed. But I Correct. think Spark can take her. Yeah. The other player I'd put down. You mentioned her as Wushner. Yeah. Uh, I think Libby Birch would be good on her. Correct. Bit more of a even uh, size matchup makes sense. Um. Uh. But those will probably be the two that I'd be concerned about kicking goals. Uh. They're just quite deadly. Yeah. Uh. The dogs. I will pose the question, if Katie Brennan doesn't play, who's going to kick all of our goals? Mm-hmm. But then Brooke in, Lachlan in saying that, yeah, Brooke can Lachlan, kick seven again if she wants. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wouldn't even mind if she kicked eight, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, look, <laughs> kick as many goals as you want, Brooke, but um, I'm not going to complain. But, yeah, I mean, like, I think the good thing is that we know that we can play well without Katie Brennan. It's just that we play better. That's it. And her. even with Katie Brennan, last week she kicked one goal, so we have other avenues. This is goal. true. Yeah, Bonnie too good. I mean, in that game where Brooke Lock can kick seven, she kicked three. Yeah. Um, Monique Conti can kick goals. I know Jess Anderson came in for KB last time. Mm. She wasn't as influential. Deanna Berry kicked yeah. a really good goal last week, which I was really pleased about because I really rated her before the season. Then she kind of like, she was in the team, then she got dropped because she wasn't really performing. She came back, kicked a really important goal, so that was good. So she hopefully yeah. can, you know, the trajectory keep going. Um, so I don't Even think like, it's. I the, think our midfield can kick goals. Like Carney has kicked yeah, goals Blackburn throughout the season, goals. and Blackburn, yeah, very deadly around the front. So while uh, without Katie Brennan in the season, without uh, so while we didn't have Katie Brennan throughout the season, it's almost been a blessing in disguise. We've found other avenues yeah. to goal, uh, and but look, I'm going to say I really hope that Katie Brennan plays on the weekend. Yeah, exactly, because she just looks incredible, like a, a class above she everyone does. else on the field. Um, yeah. Up in that forward line. Yeah, and, and just played, like, like emotional reasons as well. Yeah, exactly. You 100%. Know? She was, yeah, as we said earlier, pioneer of the game. She uh, rips it up in the VFL, has been like uh, one of these marquee players. She's one of the probably the more recognisable AFL women yeah, players. Yeah, for sure. It would be a complete shame and very shattering if she missed out this Saturday. I agree. Uh, that's all we have time for on our podcast this week. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Neve. Thank you so much. Thanks. Uh, if you want to interact more with the show, please follow us on Facebook or Twitter. You can search us it's the Kennel Cough, uh, and then on Twitter with Kennel Cough Pod. Yes, I believe so. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get better at the um, signing off and plugging and stuff. I think as time Correct. goes on. But yes, also any sort of feedback, yeah, you're welcome. 
send us some feedback, send us some questions that we can bring up throughout the show. Um, and you can also obviously subscribe and um, like and rate us on iTunes because that's what helps us out. That's what gets us up the rankings on uh, we want to be look Bulldogs everyone's second favourite team I want this to be everyone's second favourite podcast exactly and I know that a couple of other clubs do podcasts so if we take over the Blues one and we take over Brisbane's one uh, that'll be a Feeling mini good. victory before yep. the grand final Every, it's those um, one percenter off field <laughs> putting in the hard yards we want to burn up the charts correct uh, and when we succeed so will the Western Bulldogs there it is uh, been a pleasure thanks so much